0: what's up guys welcome into deep dive fantasy football it's a thursday morning and man am i ready to watch this game i am super excited for this game we got the mustache versus the beard and it's gonna be sick you guys know i've been on minchu i love minchu and i'm hoping he tears it up tonight but before we get to that and also if you're not listening to this on thursday keep listening because other than the thursday game and analysis that's gonna come in a few minutes Everything else is going to be relevant all the way to Sunday. So keep listening, even if it's not Thursday for you. But we got to start the Thursday pod off with, of course, the thrifty Thursday trick. What is that, again, for those that are new? Well, it's basically saying if your league is like most leagues where you can drop somebody after they've played, drop your kicker or your defense or somebody that's you know on your bench that you don't really feel confident in for LaVisca Chennault. Or Matt Breda, or Keelan Cole, or Preston Williams—somebody that stands to benefit either from just a massive performance and then becomes a hot waiver pickup, or from an injury. For example, if Gaskin goes down, Breda is going to be a hot pickup on waivers. If you pick them up now before the game starts, you get them for free. So do that, and then look. If nothing happens, you drop them, pick up your kicker again, or defense, or whoever you dropped, and you're good to go. It's no risk, high reward. So make sure you do that, and. Usually we do start with the Monday game recap, but I actually was able to do that on Tuesday's pod because of how late I recorded. So we're going to get right into the Thursday game, and that's obviously the Dolphins versus the Jaguars. And I will be skipping around from, you know, topics and we'll hit on them a, mul- a multitude of times, but I will say that in this game we got some good starts because when you're talking about DFS plays or just good starts in general, FitzPatrick and two quarterback leagues Start him up because he's gonna let it rip first the Jaguars and of course, Gardner Minshew, of course, start the mustache man himself. And you know, he's gonna do good versus the dolphins. So I'm excited for both of these quarterbacks to have a good game going back and forth. And then we have the receivers. Also, not only do we have receivers that are good plays, but we're going to find out a lot about the receiving core. You know, is Devontae Parker and Preston Williams going to be, you know, equal in targets, equal in points? Are they going to be neck and neck for the fantasy season? Preston Williams has gotten more targets, but Parker's produced more. Is DJ Chark going to be as good as we all hoped? Or is for some reason Keelan Cole the number one guy? There's a lot of things that we're going to find out today. Also, Gaskin and James Robinson... James Robinson, two running backs that are the unquestioned starters on their teams that we had, you know, no information on before the season, which is why preseason helps. We're going to get to watch both of them as well. And I have a feeling that both Gaskin, because I've watched him and James Robinson, who I've also watched, they are going to have perception on how good they are rise after Thursday, because most people are casual watchers. Most people don't see every game. And those guys are a lot better than people think they are and they're going to figure that out on Thursday especially Gaskin he looks I mean Robinson's really good too but he's benefited from some really good holes as well Gaskin looks just like Breda and we know Breda has been one of the most efficient running backs over the course of his career so both of them look good I'm excited for this game and if you guys are like betting on you know sports betting or whatever who's going to win the line whatnot I think the Jaguars are going to take this game So, I'm betting on the Jaguars' side. I believe they're favored by three right now, and I would take that. I think they'll cover that. With that said, we're going to go ahead and get right into my starts of the week and my DFS plays. All right, and from here on out, we're not just talking Thursday. We're talking applicable to the entire Sunday slate and Monday night game. So, obviously, we already talked about Gardner Mitchell, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Another person that I really like this week, Jarek McKinnon or Jet McKinnon versus the New York Giants. The Giants don't have a great defense. They don't have a good run defense. We saw Benny Snell run all over them. Jerick McKinnon is probably better than Benny Snell, and he's a pretty good running back, but what matters is he's got opportunity now. With Raheem Mostert out, Tevin Coleman out, it's going to be McKinnon for sure. He's He might lead the team in carries, but he's definitely going to be the receiving running back. And, you know, that team's still hurting with Kittle maybe back, but we're not 100% sure. And you know, their receiving core is beat up. So McKinnon's going to get work in the receiving game for sure. He's going to get some amount of carries. Whether he's the lead back or not, he's going to get enough touches versus a bad defense in the Giants to be, you know, a very good player for your fantasy rosters this week. And also keep an eye on Jamichael Hasty or Jeff Wilson. One of these guys is going to, you know, be the number two or the number one in terms of carries if they don't want to put too much on McKinnon's plate because he has been hurt a lot over the past two, three years. He's been You know, since he signed, honestly, with San Francisco. But Jarek McKinnon a lot, He or he's a guy I like a lot as a start this week. Then we have Evan Ingram versus the 49ers. I'm not going to lie. We're talking the same game, obviously. I'm not going to lie. It's not the best matchup for him. But two things are going in his favor. One, Saquon Barkley's on IR. That was a target hog. And now Sterling Shepard is as well. And he was also a target hog. So this offense is Evan Ingram, Golden Tate. And Darius Slayton. I don't care about Deion Lewis. I don't care about Devonta Freeman. They're going to get their targets, but they're not going to be nearly as important in the passing game as Saquon Barkley was. So when it comes to clutch time, Evan Ingram's probably the guy that they're looking towards. Him and Slayton. And then Golden Tate's going to be that safety blanket, you know, because Evan Ingram runs deeper routes at this point in their respective careers than Golden Tate does. And then we have the Falcons game, the Falcons-Bears. I really like Mitch Trubisky in this game. He's done way better than any of us thought so far in the season. We've all ripped him, and, you know, hes he, he didn't have a great performance versus the Lions in week one, but he turned it on in the fourth quarter, and he had a, a great fantasy performance. He was pretty good last week, and now they're 2-0, and they're facing the Falcons who just, <laughs> geez, don't even get me started. The Falcons, they choke a lot, and, I mean, if there's anybody that can lose, you know, a game to the Bears, it's the Falcons. So I love Trubisky as a start. not in, you know, not as a top 12 quarterback. We're talking DFS here because he's going to be a cheaper guy. And also two quarterback leagues. I I feel confident in starting Trubisky this week because the Falcons don't have a great defense. They also score a lot. So they cause the opposing quarterback to throw the ball a lot and thus get more fantasy points. So I like Trubisky a lot. And I actually like Allen Robinson. He's been a disappointment so far. I think he's a good buy low. Allen Robinson is somebody that has produced with plenty of bad quarterbacks, and he produced last year with Mitch Trubisky. So, you know, I just chalk up the the slow start to, you know, it's not something that's going to continue as a fluke. And we can expect him to get back to that borderline wide receiver one, you know, top end wide receiver two production for the rest of the year. Especially, especially if you don't believe in Trubisky, you think he's going to lose it, you lose the job at some point, and Foles comes in, then Allen Robinson should be one of your favorite by So I love Allen Robinson this week in that game as well. Then we can move to the Patriots game, the Patriots and the Raiders. I love Cam Newman. He's been an absolute monster, and he did way, way more than I even thought was possible versus the Seahawks, and he is proving that he is a man on a mission, and he's got the perfect coach to back him on that in Bill Belichick, and I like him versus the Raiders. The Raiders are also going to score a lot of points. They have, honestly, one of the better offenses in the league. And between Darren Waller and Ruggs and Edwards and Jacobs and Renfro, they're going to be putting up points. And Cam Newton's this is probably going to be another one of those games where he passes more than his, what his average will be over the course of you know this season. So because he passed 44 times last week for this, versus the Seahawks, his career average is like 32. And he passed for less than 20 times in week one versus the Dolphins when they were able to control the clock and rely on their defense. But this is going to be a high-scoring game. So I like Cam Newton a lot because not only he has the rushing, but he was pretty good when he was throwing the ball. Hopefully, James White is back after the passing of his father as well. Then we have the Browns versus... Ooh, I almost said it. I, I'm on I'm on my toes this time. The Washington football team. All right, Logan Thomas versus the Browns. I know we're only in week two, so take this with a grain of salt, but just to make you more confident in why Logan Thomas is a good play this week, the Browns have allowed the most points to the tight end position thus far. And Logan Thomas has been in the upper echelon of target percentages or target shares given to any tight end in the league. He had nine targets last week. he didn't produce that great off of them, but you know I expect that to regress to the mean in a positive light, and he's going to do better this week versus the Browns, so I like Logan Thomas a lot. Joshua Kelly versus the Panthers move into that game with the chargers with which by the way, talking about the Tyrod situation real quick that is so infuriating. That is ridiculous if I mean, you know, I didn't even realize how big of like a mess up that was until I talked um with somebody about it. Because Tyrod Taylor, he was the starter. And he had this like golden plate in front of him for the season or, you know, whatever you whatever analogy you wanna think of. But he had the perfect opportunity this year with a great cast of weapons. I know he looked didn't look that good. I know he actually looked bad in week one, but it was his first week being a starter in like two years. Give the guy a break. No preseason. Like he could have easily turned it on. He also didn't run at all. And that was probably due to Anthony Lynn coaching. Maybe he let Tyrod run more, which should open things up and make Tyrod look better in the passing game because now the defense has story about him running. Also, Also, Austin Eckler wasn't involved in the passing game. If they do that, that'll help Tyrod too. So there was a whole bunch of things that would have gotten better very quickly for Tyrod. And he had a perfect opportunity to do so. And the doctor just took that away from him. If you don't know what I'm talking about, the doctor was trying to inject him with painkillers before the game and apparently pierced his lung. So that happened. And yeah, moving on from that though. I mean, I'm sorry for Tyrod. I hope He gets an opportunity to start again because he really doesn't deserve that and you know he's worked his butt off but with that said we have to you know analyze the game and justin herbert i do think provides a better opportunity for keenan allen for sure because it seemed like tyrod was more interested in hunter henry and mike williams so keenan allen he's going to be a pretty good play but i really wanted to focus on joshua kelly versus the panthers because the panthers have allowed the most points so far to the running back position And Joshua Kelly just came off a 20-plus attempt game last week versus the Chiefs. And, you know, honestly, Eckler's—I still think Eckler's a better runner than Kelly, but that's not how they like to use Eckler. I mean, they gave him a lot of carries, too. They just—they had a lot of carries in general versus the Chiefs. But us and Eckler's mainly going to be the receiving guy, and Joshua Kelly's going to get a lot of carries. And I think that he's going to be a really good play versus the Panthers, especially if they're able to get up early, which with CMC out is probably not going to be hard, you know? Like, if CMC was in this game, I would actually be nervous that the Panthers could win this game. But he's not, and he's pretty much their offense. So, I—and after watching the entire Bucks game versus the Panthers, I don't think without CMC, this team has any chance to beat the Chargers. So, Josh Kelly, start him up. Then we have the Cardinals-Lions game. This might be a sneaky shootout. I mean, maybe not sneaky. Maybe it's, like, obvious, but I wouldn't be surprised if this hits the over easily— and one of the guys I like to start in this game, T.J. Hawkinson versus the Cardinals. It seems like Kenny Galladay is going to play. That doesn't necessarily hurt Hawkinson. Hawkinson has been efficient so far in these two weeks, and he's done it with not many targets. So, you know, when you're getting five, six, seven targets, out or Kenny Galladay coming back is not going to really make you lose targets. It's going to hurt other people in other areas. Hawkinson did not have a lot of targets to begin with. Quintus Sethis has been getting a lot of targets. That's who's really going to get hurt, obviously. And then Marvin, he hasn't been highly targeted either. So I think he'll be fine. If anything, this might be a good thing for Marvin Jones. I know he wasn't great versus the Cardinals last year, but this might be a good thing for Marvin Jones because if Patrick Peterson sticks on Galladay more often than not, Marvin Jones could end up having the better day. Also, this is Galladay's first game back. Who knows if they're bringing him back 80% or 100%, you know? So I'm kind of you know, cautious on Galladay. I'm not sure if I would start Galladay, but I like DJ Hawkinson a lot in what could be a, sh- a shootout. And the Cardinals last year gave up the most points to tight end. So, and he went off versus the Cardinals. So you have history there too. Then we have the Vikings Titans game, two guys in a stack that I really like in this game, Ryan Tannehill and Corey Davis. The Vikings secondary has been getting eaten alive. And I mean, it's, it's what we expected. I talked about it all off season. You got three new starters, in the cornerback position, all three of them. None of them started last year. And having no preseason makes it even harder. They're all young guys. One. They're none of them really have any experience either playing with each other, playing that's like playing that defense with a high snap count, you know, having a lot of experience in that defense on the field because none of them started last year. There's just a whole bunch of things saying, you know, that secondary was gonna struggle. And it's still only week three. And like I said, a bunch of young guys. So I like T- Tannehill and Corey Davis a lot. Plus, Just another little nudge for you if you're not confident in it. Second most points allowed to the wide receiver position so far by the Vikings. So Corey Davis, I like him especially same thing with Galladay. If AJ Brown, this is if he plays and this is his first game back, he's probably not gonna just go crazy. You know, maybe he's eighty percent, maybe he's seventy percent, maybe he's a decoy. Who knows? And that could really help Corey Davis. And Corey Davis also, he's not a guy that's been getting 12, 13 targets because the number one's been gone. That hasn't been the case. So I don't really see his targets share changing much. So I like that play a lot. Also, when it comes to the starts in DFS plays, guys, I don't say the obvious stuff. You know, I'm not telling you, hey, start uh, Christian McCaffrey, start Julio Jones, start, you know, I'm not just telling you all these obvious things. But I will say if for some reason you're hesitant on Dalvin Cook, This is probably going to be his best game so far in the season because and well actually I'm going to save that for later but just be confident Dalvin Cook you'll see why because we're going to talk about that team and the Titans and what their defense has done to this point in a later part of this podcast. Then we have lastly Deshaun Jackson versus the Bengals. Look the fact that Rager is out and Carson Wentz Has been struggling. I think, like, there's no way Carson Wentz is gonna be bad in this game. There's no way. If Carson Wentz is bad in this game, you have to be extremely worried as an Eagles fan versus the Bengals defense. Carson Wentz is gonna have to pull it together. I think he will. I think he realizes that. And I think he's gonna go off. And I think it's a lot of it's gonna be to to Deshaun Jackson. Now, maybe William Jackson covers up Jackson a lot. So it's possible that Jackson has a low floor, but he's always had a low floor. I just think it's a, a more likely scenario that he hits his ceiling this week than an average week. So I like Deshaun Jackson a lot versus the Bengals. Now let's talk about some sits. Don't have too many here, but I'm pretty confident in all of them. Melvin Gordon versus the Bucks. Remember I told you guys last week, your expectations on McCaffrey. Well, guess what? McCaffrey, obviously I wasn't telling you to sit him, just to temporary expectations. He had a good game, 24 points, two touchdowns, but Melvin Gordon is playing with an offense that's probably not going to score many touchdowns. And I think the Bucs are going to control this game. They should dominate this game completely. You have Cortland Sutton out. You have Phillip Lindsay out. You have um, Drew Locke. Wow, his name escaped me for a second. Drew Locke out. Who knows if it's Jeff Driscoll or Blake Bortles yet. It's not decided. And I don't even think they officially signed Bortles yet. But it's probably Bortles and... Bucks defense also great streaming defense this week pick them up if they're on your waiver and they actually have a favorable schedule the next two weeks as well so Melvin Gordon I'm sitting in first the Bucks. the Bucs have one of the best run defenses and I don't think he's going to have you know much upside for any touchdowns then we have Todd Gurley versus the Bears Todd Gurley versus the Bears is not somebody I'm confident in I already think Todd Gurley is a bust for this year but this is going to be one of the tougher matchups because the Bears have good defense the Bears may be able to control the ball a bit with David Montgomery and Mitch Trubisky keeping plays alive with his legs and picking up first downs when nobody's open. And it's not looking like Gurley's the guy that they use in the receiving game. So, you know, Gurley is somebody I'm staying away from, plain and simple. Also, all the hot running back pickups, Mike Davis, Devonta Freeman, Deion Lewis, those guys, staying away from him. Mike Davis is playing the Chargers defense yikes plus the Panthers probably get very little scoring opportunities no thank you for Mike Davis Devonta Freeman and Dion Lewis are both New York Giants and we don't know how anything is going to work out there plus that offense is probably not going to be amazing so they're also losing touchdown opportunities or missing touchdown opportunities so I'm not starting them either now we got two more David Johnson versus the Steelers. It's a tough, tough defense. I told you guys to sit David Johnson last week versus the Ravens. And if you did, you were happy because he got you single digits. And he's probably going to do it again. AJ Green versus the Eagles. Another guy I'm sitting, Darius Slay, is probably going to be on AJ Green most of the game. And with that said, now we can move into this is what I've been waiting to talk about. Uh, I put a lot of time, and a, like a lot of stuff into this this week. The wins I'm confident in and the survivor picks. So if you guys are new, basically I give you guys a couple like games to choose your survivor pick from. But I have like one definitive one and I tell you which one I'm picking. And to this point, the deep dive squad is still alive. If you've been following me from week one, we went Chargers first week, made it out alive. Seahawks last week. Made it out alive. So if you've been following me to this point and you want to stay with me exactly to the T, I will tell you who I already locked in as my pick this week. But I'm going to give you a array of choices and who I was struggling with this week. One person that I, you know, have no problem picking. You know, there's a few problems in each of these games. There always is in every game. Something can always go wrong. But the Titans versus the Vikings. Okay, the Titans. I mean, the Vikings looked horrible. And the Titans are, are playing good. They have a good defense. But their offense, I think, is just going to – there's no way the Vikings' offense can outscore the Titans' offense. So unless they do some, some crazy things on defense, the Vikings like get some turnover some, or something and give their offense more chances. I don't see how the Vikings can win this game. I will say something, though. I have a very weird feeling that Dalvin Cook goes off this week goes off the titans are allowing 5.3 yards per carry so far this season that's versus philip Lindsay, melvin gordon and james robinson this could be a trap game it, it could the titans and this is like for fantasy purposes or for a survivor pick because you look at it and you're like oh titans for sure there's one thing that gives me pause other than the fact that if dalvin cook goes off i think that the vikings have a chance if they can just make one or two plays on defense like i said earlier and the other thing is the fact that the Titans are only favored by two and a half in Vegas. If a line is that low, that should tell you something. Vegas usually knows what they're talking about. That's how they make their money. And the Titans being favored by 2.5, that's scary. So I'm staying away from that game. Then we have the Colts and Jets. So obviously, like that's a game that, you know, among not super popular picks, like I always stay away from the 49ers, the Chiefs, the Ravens, because If you're following me, you know that I'm saving those for the end. Those, like, I want to have no stress once we get to the end, once we've survived for a long time, and we're getting down to the nitty-gritty. And I'll explain to you guys why later, and you'll see why that's, to me, the most optimal strategy. But another game that I could see somebody taking, aside from the Titans versus the Vikings, is the Colts versus the Jets. This is the, and this is important, this is the only game all season, That I could see myself taking the Colts. I looked at the Colts' schedule, and I would not pick the Colts to win any game in this season other than this one, like confidently. No way. And the Colts are favored by a whopping, remember I just told you about Vegas, they're favored by a whopping ten and a half points. Ten and a half. That, to my knowledge, is the biggest line so far this season. I would take the Jets to cover the 10.5, but I still think they lose for sure. I will say this, though. For some reason, my gut says do not pick this game. And I'm somebody that usually goes with my gut. We'll see what happens this week. But I told you guys on the last podcast I was staying away from the Raiders-Saints game, and the Raiders won that game. I also told you that my gut was saying stay away from the Dolphins-Bills game. The Dolphins almost won that game, so I'm I trust my gut for the most part. But the logic is so solid because, like, in what way can the Jets win this game? Like, unless Philip Rivers throws three pick sixes, I do not see how the Jets can win this game. So all logic is in favor of the Colts. But for some reason, my gut is telling me, "Hey, be careful." So, oh, and one more thing on this game, actually, the Colts' strength. This is the one thing that kind of worries me, other than the gut. The Colts' strength is their run game with Jonathan Taylor. The Jets' strength is their run defense. So, it's going to be, you know, who who bends more? Is Jonathan Taylor going to bend that defense, or is that defense going to bend Jonathan Taylor? And even if so, I still think Phillip Rivers is, he's washed, but I still think he's good enough to expose that Jets' defense. With that said, that's the second pick so far. So we have the Titans versus the Vikings, the Colts versus the Jets. Now let's talk about the Jaguars versus the Dolphins. This is super, super tempting. And I'll just tell you right now, this is not the game I'm going with this week. But man, did I want to take the Jaguars. Because you got to love Minshew Mania. You got to. And I think the Jaguars take this one. But it's probably going to be a closer game than the Colts-Jets game. And probably going to be a closer game than the Titans-Vikings game. So... I'm just going to stay away from it. And I could also see myself taking the Jaguars later in the season. Remember how I told you the Colts, their schedule, I can only see myself taking them this week. The Jaguars, they play the Bengals next week. Maybe that's somebody, depending on how the Bengals look versus the Eagles and the Jaguars look versus the Dolphins, maybe I'm taking the Jaguars next week. So I want to leave them as a possible pick for next week and still be able to save all the super good teams for later. Then we have the Bucks and remember I said that's that's not the game I'm going but if you want to take the Jaguars you want to be super risky I mean it could pay off for sure so go for it. And then we have the Bucks versus the depleted Broncos. If you look at all the game picks this week, not just the ones I've talked about so far but just all of the games. I mean you have the Chiefs playing the Ravens, that's really tough. And you have, you know, all the games are kind of tough Packers Saints, who wins that one? I don't know. You know, there's there's a lot of tough games. The Bucks versus the depleted Broncos is the safest pick, the absolute safest pick, in my opinion, this week, okay, and this is coming from a Bucks fan, and usually I am like the opposite of biased in favor of the Bucs because I'm so worried about being biased, but I don't see how the Bucs can lose this game, okay, backup quarterback, one of your two best running backs is gone, your best wide receiver is gone, you've lost Von Miller, like, you're struggling. The Broncos are struggling. And this is going to be Brady's first game, legit first game, with the whole Bucks receiving squad. Mike Evans is not nursing his hammy like he was week one. And Chris Godwin is playing this week, unlike last week. So he's got them both at 100% this week. And, you know, nobody else is hurt. And Fournette got going. Rojo was going. This is a game that I think the Bucks run with. So if you're trying to be safe, if your only goal is to make it to next week, take the Broncos. Ultimately, through those four games, and it pains me to say, but I am going against my gut and with all logic, taking the Colts versus the Jets. And why? Because the Bucks are a good team and I want to save them for the end. The Colts are a team that I could not see myself picking at all the rest of the season. So I want to get them out the way right now versus the Jets. And obviously you don't have to take every team. There's only 16 games in the seat, well, 17 weeks in the season. And so you'll have to make 17 picks. So that leaves 15 teams that you'll never have to pick. But unless I'm going to sit down and look at every single week's matchup for every single team, who knows if there's a. It gets to the point in the season after we've made nine picks where, oh boy, you know, the the four best teams that we've been saving are playing each other, and now we have to take the Colts. Well, no, get the Colts out now. Save one more possible team for later. So I'm going to take the Colts. Lo- I locked it in already, okay? And now I want to talk about something that's pretty cool, pretty important. So, I'm by the way, I'm doing the Survivor Pool in DraftKings. And here's some crazy stats and something to make you confident in the way that I play Survivor. I made it really, really far last year. I got to, like, the top 5%, and then I got knocked out. But I'm feeling good this season. And in the DraftKings Survivor Pool, week one, before any games were played, there was 540,000 entries. Half a million. Okay? Half a million entries. Less than 20% of people after two weeks are still alive. That is worse That is worse than 50-50. The ratio is worse than if 50% of the people moved on. Because if 50% of the people moved on after week one, you're looking at, quick math in my head, 270,000 people alive. If 50% of those people moved on, you're looking at 135,000 people still being alive. You know how many are alive right now? 71,000. 71,000, less than 20% of people are still alive and it's only been two weeks. And this is the kicker. If you've been going pick by pick with me, if you took the Chargers week one, as I did, and if you took the Seahawks week two, as I did, this is the percentage of people that took those games with us. Only 1.1% of people took Seattle last week and only 1.55% of people took the Chargers in week one. So we have a huge leg up on everyone in DraftKings. Or, you know, I'm sure the percentages are pretty much the same across the board for FanDuel or Yahoo or wherever you do your Survivor. And honestly, I wish I did one in all three um, because then I would have been able to diversify a little bit. But I totally forgot and I only did my DraftKings one. So we're DraftKings only over here. But we have a huge leg up on everyone because most people got by taking the Bills, taking the 49ers, taking the Chiefs, taking the Ravens, that's where like double digit percentages were lying and all those people that took those games and took those winning teams those super good super teams they're not going to have them later in the season and guess what we will and that's how we're going to win boys ladies and gentlemen that is how the deep dive squad is going to win and split the pot at the end and you know if you stay with me then if i go down if you go down we go down together and that's how it should be right so i'm taking the Colts. And with that said, that wraps up the survivor part. So what do we have left? Defensive streamers and situations to monitor. My three streaming defenses this week should be no surprise. The Broncos, or I mean the Buccaneers versus the Broncos, the Titans versus the Vikings, and the Chargers versus the CMC-less Panthers. Now let's talk about the situations to monitor. Tonight. Jaguars, the wide receivers, how does the target share split out between Chark, who's questionable as at the time of recording? Maybe they decide not to play him, which would suck, but I mean, it would give us a good opportunity to see LaVisca. And if, I'll say now, if Chark is out, you could slide LaVisca into your flexes. Also, same with Keelan Cole. But I want to see is Keelan Cole really the number one, or is there just some fluky thing going on in week one and two when Chark is still the guy we think he is? Or at least for fantasy, he's still like the talented player we think he is. Then Preston Williams, it's time to produce, man. You had Stephon Gilmore in week one. You had Jadavius White last week. But this week, look, if they put CJ Henderson on you, he's rookie. You gotta outproduce him. You gotta you gotta make plays. This is the week to do it, Preston, because if you don't produce this week, I'm gonna be nervous. And also, how many targets does he get to Devontae Parker? That's another thing to monitor. Jerry Judy, what will his work? be like with Cortland Sutton. If you guys listened to the last podcast, I told you Jerry Judy's a really good buy low. I'm sure everyone thinks he's gonna do better now with Cortland Sutton, but I don't think people realize how much better he's gonna do without Cortland Sutton. Because he is amazing. So I love Judy and it's gonna be interesting to see how the Bucks are able to cover him. Because the Bucks have really good corners actually. Now the Bucks running backs between Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette, who is in during which situations and then we finally get to see Brady with Godwin and Evans together healthy at last. The Giants running back workload, who gets the most carries between Lewis, Gallman, and Freeman, who gets the receiving work, who gets the red zone work. And also, if Freeman is not taking the lead in those categories, he might as he gets into the offense. So I don't get too excited with Deion Lewis or Wayne Gallman if one of them has the best day. Okay, but if Freeman has the best day, then okay, you can be happy for Freeman because it should only get better. Then after the Giants running backs, we have Hayden Hurst versus Russell Gage who is going to be you know the dominant guy between them especially when Julio's healthy because all four of them Hurst, Gage, Julio and Ridley all four of them are not going to be great for fantasy they're not all going to produce okay so we know Ridley will we know when Julio's healthy he will so it's going to be Hurst or Gage one of them is going to disappoint the other is going to be really good this season and it's important to see now especially while Julio is probably going to be out this game it's important to see who Ryan, Matt Ryan goes to more, okay? And then we have Allen Robinson. This should be the bounce-back game versus the Falcons. Keep an eye on that. The Bengals receiving target distribution after A.J. Green's, like, f- three or four drop performance, where he looked washed, in my opinion, and got 13 targets, led the team in targets by far, and had the lowest total yards among among any Bengal with any yards at all in that game. Are they still going to target A.J. Green like the number one guy? Or is Burrow going to go to the real best receiver on that team, Tyler Boyd? So that's important to look at. How does the targets distribute there? And then Carson Wentz, you got to bounce back this week. And if he does, is it going to be to Deshaun Jackson? I think it's already clear that Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz are going to be 50-50. Or if anything, Goddard surpasses them a little bit. I'm You know, I told you guys I was down on Ertz, and then it happened again in week two where Goddard out-targeted him. So I'm pretty much tossing Ertz aside um, as somebody that's not going to finish in the top five. Even with Rager gone, I mean, I will say, with Rager gone between d jacks Goddard, and um, Ertz, that could be the whole receiving game. Both tight ends could be good, but it's important to see how they are against each other. Then we have the Rams versus Bills. What's the situation to monitor here? It's a nice matchup. It's a good game and you want to see it. And if you're not able to see it, look up highlights and listen to my analysis on the, you know, podcast that comes out on Tuesday on the game, because it's a really good game and we got two two 2-0 teams and the Rams are looking good. The Bills are looking good. And it's going to be important to see how Josh Allen performs against a defense with some good players in Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. Then... Can the Patriots eliminate Darren Waller? That's something I really want to see because we know that Belichick and, you know, he carries this reputation of taking out the best option for the offense and making you beat the, the Patriots defense by going to someone else. Darren Waller is clearly the best number one option in the Raiders offense. So are they going to double Waller? And if so, who, who steps up? Who steps up? Is it Renfro? Doubt it. Is it Ruggs? Is it Edwards? Edwards? Or are are they just not going to be able to figure it out? If Waller gets shut down, are they going to be... Like, is that offense going to get shut down? So that's important to watch. How bad are the Vikings really? How bad are they really? Remember, they did put up some points versus the Packers. And the Packers are not a pushover defense. But then they were atrocious versus the Colts. So how bad are they really? That's something we want to watch versus the Titans this week. The Browns play call choice in a run versus pass. They are playing the Washington football team. I got it. I got it down, boys. Washington football team. And are they going to just run 60% of the time? Or are they going to let Baker pass more? It's going to just be interesting to see because that should be a low-scoring game. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, who who gets what. And you could still, if you want, to monitor the Chubb first hunt situation, even though I think we're starting to learn how that's working. If you want to monitor that, monitor that too. If the Colts do not dominate the Jets... It's time to get worried. I have been telling people they should be worried about Philip Rivers, and nobody seems to want to listen to me. So if the Colts don't dominate the Jets, if they don't win by that 10.5, and they squeak by by three or four or seven, you need to be worried about that team. And they could be in the running for a top-10 pick. And I just had to say it, because Phillip Rivers is not the answer. Mike Davis replacing Christian McCaffrey. How much work is he going to get? Is he going to just take the Christian McCaffrey workload, or is it going to get split among him? And I believe Reggie Bonifont is going to be their number two. And also, is Mike Davis, like, even good? I don't think he is. Chargers offense with a prepared, quote, asterisks, prepared Justin Herbert. Is he going to look a lot better? Is that possible? Um, I mean, it will be possible because he's playing a worse defense, but... Yeah, but how how is he going to look again in week two? This time, you know, being prepared and not just getting thrown out because the starting quarterback has lung punctured by a doctor, a team doctor. Great. Um, Gallup versus Lamb. Lamb so far has outproduced Michael Gallup. Is that just because of how the defensive defenses have played the Rams thus far? Was it something in the game script? Or is Lamb really the number two already? That's important to see. Alan Lazard versus mike marquez valdez scantling fellow usf bulls or usf bull go bulls who is going to be the guy to step up if Devonte adams doesn't play and if he does play they're playing the saints and Marshawn Lattimore will be on Devonte adams a good amount of the game so still you're going to find out who's going to produce between and step up between lazard and mvs and also on the other side of the ball is manny sanders dead like what's going on here this is ridiculous And lastly, the last thing that that I want to monitor is just, like the Bills and Rams, a good game that we want to watch Monday night. Chiefs versus Ravens. If y'all ain't having people over, you're doing it wrong. Unless you're, like, super scared of corona, but I I don't think that those people even exist at this point anymore. Um, And if they do, they're probably not people that are watching football. So... You know, if you're not having people over, I don't know what you're doing because this game is going to be sick and I cannot wait. I know I'm having people over. With that said, that wraps up the podcast. If you've listened to this point, I hope you like it. Clearly you like it, either that or you're super bored. So if you do like it, if you've listened to this point, drop me a rating, drop me a review, help your boy out. I'm trying to grow. Tell a friend, you know, if you are benefiting from my research and my analysis and everything, help your friends benefit too, if you're not playing against them in a league. So with that said, that wraps it up. Divers, have a good one. Good luck this week. Remember, you can hit me up on Instagram, Twitter. Um, I also, also good note, I just threw up my starts and sits on the homepage right there of the website. So if you ever want to go back and reference my starts and sits, you can go ahead and do that. I'll be doing that every week from now on from a good uh, a good suggestion from one of my good friends. He said that I should do that, and I think it looks good, so I'm going to start doing that now. With that all said, once again, good luck this week, and uh, good luck on your survivor picks. Hopefully, my gut was wrong, and logic wins out because 99% chance that the Colts win this game versus the Jets. Hopefully, they do. Peace out, divers. Have a good one. I'm Brandon Gabor. I'm out. We'll